0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. Well, we have been uh, studying in the book of... uh, Philippians for a couple of weeks and we're still there in the book of Philippians. Turn to Philippians chapter 2 once again and uh, today I want us to look at a passage of scripture that hopefully is very familiar with you uh, because it is the passage of scripture we looked at last week. Uh, But sometimes there is so much in uh, these Uh, sections of Scripture that we can't just simply continue on without Uh, taking another look, taking a second uh, dip into the waters of uh, God's Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So let's join together for prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I just praise you and thank you so much for uh, the great joy that it is to be in God's house and to come together with the rest of the saints and, and unite our hearts together to be the body of Christ and to unite ourselves to the worship and devotion to you Uh, Father God, I pray that as we study Your Word, that You would help us uh, to understand uh, who You are in our life and uh, the significance of our relationship to You. Lord, help us to grow in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Several years ago, back in the 80s, they had some of the best uh, commercials. I can remember uh, uh, back then they had, uh, of course... Uh, in that particular time not too many people could fast forward through the commercials if you didn't want to watch a commercial you basically had to leave the room and come back and hopefully get back in time uh for the commercial to have just end and the uh, show to to get back on but one of the uh one of my favorite commercials was for a a hamburger chain where uh there was three little ladies that uh that looked like they had uh 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 come in for the blue plate special you know they were a little bit uh older than uh, most folks and they'd come in to get a hamburger and they uh, had ordered the hamburger and and they uh they were sitting there looking at how big the bun was and how uh, nice and fluffy the bun was but when they opened the bun there wasn't a whole lot of meat in the in the bun the hamburger patty was rather small and and uh uh one of the ladies didn't say much of anything. All she did was kinda of look around and and say, Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Where where where's where's the, the beef and all of that? And uh uh today I wanna to remind you that uh that that's not just relevant for a hamburger chain, but uh in reality I think it's it's uh, relevant in today's understanding of of church and uh, understanding of our relationship to God, what we need to ask ourselves when we come to church: Are we here for all the trappings? Are we here for all of the the fluff and the uh, the things that that go on uh, at church? Are we here for all the the things that that uh sure are nice and pretty that are really uh, uh uh enjoyable when we come together you know music is can be uh uh uplifting and rapturous we can have uh times of music that that bring us closer to god than any other any sermon that could be preached or any uh activity that can be done but if we're just listening to pretty music and don't have a savior that we worship then it's all just pretty fluff if and and don't get me wrong these churches that have beautiful music uh, uh A majority of them do worship Jesus Christ but uh, there's some groups of people that come together for what they call worship and they can have uh, beautiful music but they don't worship the same Jesus that you and I worship there's groups of people that come together and have all kinds of finery and all kinds of uh, pretty clothes they wear and, and all of that, but they get lost in routine and they get lost in the tradition and they get lost in, in, in uh, the importance of this activity and that activity. But are they leading people in the worship of a man or a woman? Or are they leading people to worship God? They may uh, think that they're worshiping God, but but a lot of times I, I want to say, "Where's the beef? Where's where is the significance to what they are doing?" Our passage of scripture points to that. Last week we looked at at uh, this passage of scripture, and we. Uh, uh, read from uh, Philippians chapter 2. Uh, and it, it says, If there's if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, of uh, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem of other... Uh, better than themselves, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others and This is the backstory that that, as I reminded you last week, this was a message that that Paul was writing to the church at philippi and and, and the Holy Spirit was leading him and helping them to understand that they needed to have the unity of the body of Christ, the unity of the uh, joint joining of the saints together to worship of Jesus Christ. If they come together and they aren't in unity and they're not in love and they're not humbly coming together, then they're missing out on on that time that they're spending together. And he said, instead of being uh, worried about all the things that are going on in the world, instead of of, of wondering about Uh, which side the the musicians should sit on or whether or not we've got enough padding in the pews. Instead of worrying about whether or not you're too hot or too cold, we need to be concerned and we need to be focused on the worship of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it says here, Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and uh, of the things in heaven, and the things of earth, and the things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we talked about the humility of Jesus Christ. We need to come together in the workness uh, in the unity of, of the body of believers to have the kind of mind of Christ to be humble like Jesus Christ to be obedient to the cross to be self sacrifice, self-denying, and self-giving uh, of service to one another. And we talked about the <coughs> the the demonstration of the character of Jesus Christ in all of those things, and those are all valid and important, but what I want us to to look back now and to to understand something here, Jesus Christ just isn't someone who came along one day like some people in the world want to say and and <clears throat> he was a good rabbi and they want to say, well, Jesus was just a, a good rabbi, a good teacher. He was a good student of the Torah. He uh, realized his relationship to God as a child of Abraham, and he grew close to God, and and he just uh, uh, found himself to be a good man, a, a man who followed the Ten Commandments, did the uh, followed the law of Moses, and and was such a good person that that uh, that people followed him, and and made him out to be an example and, and it wasn't until after he, uh, the, the, the Roman government uh, found him in, uh, guilty of charges and they killed him that some people tried to make him into something he wasn't. No, that's not who Jesus Christ was. That's not uh, the human explanation of what the church made Jesus out of. The Spirit of God Inspired Paul to write these words. This is who Jesus Christ was. He was in the form of God. Jesus Christ is God. He wasn't God. He won't, will be God. He is God he the The Bible here places it saying he was in the form of God, wanting you to understand that that Jesus Christ didn't become God because of something he attained he wasn't made God because he was a good guy he wasn't uh 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 like God in that he uh happened to exist somehow and and uh was given some kind of of hall pass or free pass into making him something better than he wasn't or, or willing to take on a job that nobody else took so uh, God made him something he wasn't. It says here that Jesus Christ in the form of God before he came in the form of humanity realized Jesus Christ is God for all eternity past. Jesus Christ is God for all eternity future. Jesus Christ, God Himself, the Creator, the One who stood on the precipice of time and stood there where there was nothing, when there was emptiness and darkness and void. He said, let there be light. He's shown light in the darkness of humanity, light in the darkness of the universe, light into the pathway of mankind that we might be able to see His glory, that we might be able to see His righteousness. He was there when and He said, Let there be light. Jesus Christ, the Creator of all that is, He allowed Himself, though He was in the form, though He was forever God, did not feel as though something was taken from him, did not feel as though he was being given the, the raw end of the deal, did not feel as though it was something that was forced upon him, but allowed himself, though he was equal with God, allowed himself to be taken on the form of a servant. God the Creator allowed Himself to to be made into the form of the imperfect creation. God the Creator, God of all of the universe, allowed Himself to be limited to one place at one time, to be weak. Limiting His power, His majesty. Imagine here, here's the, here's the God of all creation whom when He said to Abraham, he said uh, when Abraham said, God, I, I want to look at you in the face, he said, you can't look at me in the face and live. He said to Abraham, I'll allow you to walk by and I'll place my hand over you and, and you, you'll see a glimpse of me as I pass by. And when, he, when Moses came down from the mountain, the people looked at Moses and said, Cover your face. The glory of God is too great upon you simply from seeing a glimpse of God. His glory radiating from him hid that in the form of man, stripped himself of his glory, so that he might live as you and I that he might place himself at a place of of risk of of temptation of placing himself in a in a place of of full of sin gave of himself so that he could be a sacrifice Took on the form of a servant, took on the likeness of man, and further humbling himself. He followed in obedience to the desire of God the Father. We don't understand this. The three in one God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God, the Son, being obedient to God the Father. It's it's hard for us to understand because we're so limited in our capacity as mankind to understand that. And some some pastors and good-meaning teachers have have said, "Well, I, I'm I, I'm the son of my parents, and yet I am the husband of my." A spouse, or the husband of my wife, and and I am the father of my children. That 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 pales. That's nothing like the the Trinity of of God. We can't understand God. If we could understand God fully, He wouldn't be God. And yet, it's the Bible tells us that God the Son, the second person of the Trinity was obedient to God the Father, willing to offer of Himself as a sacrifice, to be placed in the form of humanity, of of limiting Himself, stripping Himself of the glory and the majesty of God, allowed Himself to be obedient to be the one and only sacrifice. You realize that God could have said, you know, Well, I I warned mankind. I warned them not to eat that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I warned them not to do something like that. I, I warned them all they had to do, Adam, all you had to do was name all the animals and live for all eternity in the garden. All you had to do. God didn't say that. God didn't say, you know, well, you had your chance. I'm sorry. I'm going to wash my hands of this. I, I, I warned you. I gave you the opportunity to, to do right. You know, that's how we treat our children. Now, I told you not to eat that cookie. Now I'm going to have to spank you. I told you to treat your sister right, not to hit her. And Now you're gonna to have to live with the consequences. But we, that's what we say, don't we? When we have our when our children misbehave and and do what they aren't supposed to do, we we punish them with corporal punishment or we punish them with taking things away we punish them by not giving them things that they want we do those things to try and and help them to understand the right pathway to walk to understand they have to be obedient to us but did God do that with us no he said there is a payment there is a punishment for your sins but you can't pay it None of us have lived a perfect life. No one of us has lived without the taint of sin but Jesus Christ. Jesus came. God Himself came without the the taint of sin, without the the punishment of sin being upon... uh, of the condemnation of sin being upon Him. He lived His life without sin so that He might be the sacrifice, the one and only sacrifice, humbly being obedient to God to the point of death. The death of the shedding of blood. When Adam and Eve sinned, God had to come into the garden and He shed blood so that He might cover their nakedness and said, there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood as a foreshadowing of the point in which Jesus Christ would come and He would be the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for us, the shedding of His precious blood for the remission of our sin. Jesus gave Himself as the one and only sacrifice, being obedient to the point of death. Well, there's the beef right there. No other... No other example in all of humanity of any who would give themselves. Oh, you have some religions they talk about, well, we're going to revere this person because they lived a a pious life and and they came into an existence of, of eternal consciousness. And He transformed... From a mere human to being on a plane with God, they say. That's not the beef. Oh, they got another that, That uh, this one, he, we, 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 we going to follow him because he, he was out in the, in the farm somewhere in upstate New York and he just happened to be at the right place at the right time and God sent an angel down with a big old book of gold and, Gave him a special pair of glasses to wear, read them, and and we gonna follow him. He he was special because God picked him out. Uh, we gonna worship and believe that we can be like God, just like he did. Now, there's no beef in that. He didn't he didn't do anything to to be revered in that way. Well, well we gonna worship this one because uh, this one is born special and we're going to revere him because he's pious and holy and and all that no that's not the beef either no only in Christianity only in the worship of Jesus Christ Oh, Jesus Christ is the only one it doesn't matter if you're uh, uh, from any of these other backgrounds there's not a one that that has God who is willing to offer Himself up as the only sacrifice that can be given to forgive our sins. He took upon Himself the punishment that we deserve. He allowed Himself to be sacrificed so that we didn't have to Live with the taint of sin. Oh, uh, some say, well, couldn't God just simply just forgive everybody and not expect anybody to do anything? Well, He could have done that, but it would have been wrong. It would have been, he, he would have been saying, here's the standard for righteousness, but you get in down here on the back door. Well, where's righteousness then? Righteousness means nothing then. But God said, no, righteousness is what is expected. Righteousness, holiness is what is expected. Well, we can't be holy. And God says, that's the whole message. That's the whole point. You can't. But I made a way. Not by cheating. Not by simply letting people go in through the back door. By holding the standard of holiness and paying the penalty myself, not the Bible says, because of that, being obedient to the death, God has exalted him and given a name above which is above every name, and at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heavens, uh, things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? Because He and He alone is the one who gave of Himself as a sacrifice for our sins, offered Himself, uh, himself up as a payment for our sins, allowed the sin of the world to be placed upon Him. him he who knew no sin became sin, that we might have forgiveness." So that He might redeem us. So that He might pay the price for your forgiveness, for your redemption. That's the beef. That's the real deal. That is unlike any other. And that's the real deal, the real thing. Jesus Christ and because of that God will exalt him and lift him up and all will come someday one day when we finally get there in our study of revelation we'll finally get to that point where every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over all why because he Gave Himself, paid our penalty, paid the price for us. Why? Why did He do that? For the glory of God. For the glory of God the Father. He didn't do that to be the Savior as some believe. They, They believe, okay... Jesus and Lucifer were up in heaven. They existed up there in heaven and, and they were challenged by God to come up with a, a plan. And Jesus came up with a better plan than Lucifer. So God let him go down and be, uh, to, pay, uh, to be the, the Savior. No, no, no. Jesus Christ paid the price that only He could pay for our sins. He didn't do it because He won a contest. He didn't do it because He came up with a better plan. He didn't do it because it sounded better than than something else. No, it was the only thing that could be done. And He did it not for any other reason than to glorify God. To glorify God the Father. You see, God pointed from the very beginning that He would pay a price. He would pay the price for the redemption of the sins of mankind. It was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for you and me. But because He is God, because of His glory and honor, because of who He is, He had victory over death in the grave. They put Him in the grave and the grave could not hold Him. They put Him in the grave because He was dead, but death could not keep a hold of Jesus Christ. And on the third day He rose victorious. In victory He rose from the grave. Not so that we'll revere somebody who gave of Himself and died and was no more but that we might rejoice and that we might worship a risen Savior so that we might understand that the price that Jesus paid was not just simply a get-out-of-jail-free card once, but that we might have redemption of our sins so that we might live for all eternity in heaven with Him. As He is risen, so will we be risen from from the grave. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. We worship Jesus Christ because He paid the price. What a magnificent price for our sins. And He had victory over death. He had victory over the great. Why? Because He is God. Because He never sinned. Because sin cannot keep its grasp upon Jesus because He knew no sin. What a glorious thing. What a wonderful thing for us to understand that we worship a risen Savior in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Dear gracious Father, Lord, we thank You and we praise You for the fact that we worship You. Not because of of You attaining some level of, of superiority, but because You gave of Yourself for us that You died on the cross in our place and You offer us redemption because of the spilt blood that You spilt for us on the cross of Calvary and that You were victorious over sin, death, and the grave, that we might rejoice and worship the risen Savior and that we might be risen with You in all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.